Coming to you live from the second bedroom of Shane's apartment. This is the Shane and Scuba Steve podcast. Well, welcome back to the Shane and Scuba Steve show. Yes. Another Tuesday. Another mm-hmm. delightful Tuesday. Post-Oscars Tuesday. Yes. Um, we're going to get to that a little bit later, but I kind of completely forgot the Oscars were happening this weekend. As did a lot of people, because it got the lowest viewership ever, or at least in decades, with under 10 million people watching. Which, I don't blame them. I guess we mm-hmm. can, let's talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I don't remember the last time I watched the Oscars. I'm not a huge fan of watching award shows. Yep. I've watched them sometimes for like, I think back when we were in college, like people were like, oh, let's watch the Oscars. Okay, cool. Like, I'll hang out. I'll drink beers. I'll watch the Oscars. Fine. I'll comment. Social commentary. It's, it's amazing. Yep. But I don't, it just takes so long. All these award shows are now like in this commercial breaks and then you don't, you don't achieve anything. <laughs> I, know the, I don't mind the uh, length of them. If anything, I haven't watched, I didn't watch it this year, but that's just because I knew so little about all the nominations. I hadn't seen any of them because everything was pretty much shut down. Um, and I don't believe I watched last year's, but that was just more so because I usually also work on Sundays. So yep. like all night or that day, people were like, "Put on the Oscars," and I was just like, "Well, for, wh- why?" Like, but yeah, I didn't watch it myself. But yeah, lowest uh, viewership in years, which makes sense. It does. I mean, did you know that there's a Pinocchio movie, a live action Pinocchio this year? No, I thought you were gonna say one in development. I would have said, "No, it happened. It was Oscar nominated for, sorry, uh, best costume design mm-hmm. and." A second, uh, best makeup and hairstyling. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I well, I yeah. didn't know that. It's creepy as all hell. If you, uh, I haven't even watched, tried to watch any of it. Mm-hmm. But it's creepy. The yeah. the Pinocchio figure is creepy. So I mean, no real. I don't think there's many surprises in the winners. Um, best picture, Nomadland. Well, we can do the top categories real yeah. quick. But uh, best picture, Nomadland, mm-hmm. a movie I watched um, this morning actually, really good. Yep. Um, very entertaining, very interesting. Um, I also read a very nice article about that lifestyle, which is like the the camper lifestyle of people selling their homes and kind of moving onto the road and doing the nomad thing. Yep. It also won, if I'm not mistaken, Best Director and Best Actress, correct? Correct. Wonderful. That's you want, Now I got to get around to watching it. Uh, we wanted to watch it, or rather we suggest you got around to watching it. I did not make it to watching it today between... Uh, my errands, because I'm an old person. I have chores to do and getting my vaccine. Between your stories and your errands. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had to go. I had to go to the grocery store and then the bank and the line at the bank. Let me tell you. Oh my golly, it was a long line at the bank. But yes, it happens. <laughs> yes, Anthony Hopkins uh, for best actor and the father. Which... I didn't see that movie either. Here's the thing. There's a few movies that were nominated that I know I still want to get around to seeing. Nomadland, for sure. Uh, the Father with Anthony Hopkins does look very good in that, that he's won. It definitely has more merit. Sound of Metal, I still want to check out. Yep. And uh, Minari, which did win Best Supporting Actress. So those are some of the ones that I do want to see. The rest of the nominations, I was like, cool. So Great. what's really interesting about this Oscar season is... Mm-hmm. Movies like Nomadland, like Mank, mm-hmm. um, like Judas and the Black Messiah can all be seen streaming. Yep. Which is incredible. Soul as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, like 
Nomadland's on Hulu. You can also buy it on Amazon, but it's on Hulu. Like, yeah. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom's on Netflix. Sound of Metal's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're kind of... It may have just been a good year for that. With people not being able to go to the movie theaters, I think it was a good year for that. Well, I was going to say, there weren't many options that were released in theaters that were probably Oscar caliber. That True. Were, uh, warrant a nomination. So that's why so many went to streaming. Because if I'm not mistaken, it was either... The year before, or two years ago, it had to be released in theaters to be nominated at all. Like, it had to have at least a limited release. Because I think it was The Irishman originally. Uh, because, like, they're were, they were like, we want to nominate. And they're like, well, you have to put it in theaters for some amount of time. You can't just have it be a direct-to-Netflix uh, movie. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yes, yeah, so this will probably change. Excuse Excuse my neighbors. No, that's not good. You got some, uh, you got some racers. Yeah. Uh, but this will probably change the Academy's uh, thoughts on moving forward for nominations, or at least you know limit how long they actually have to be in theaters. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I think oops. to stay relevant mm-hmm. in, in an environment where you only had ten million, less than ten million viewers for the first time in a long time. Yep, you're going to have to start embracing the alternative forms of of production and delivery of mo- uh, movies to the audience. So, mm-hmm. I will say something that a news article that I read today. Uh, Another round, one for international feature film, uh, which stars Mads Mikkelsen, and it's a, I believe it's, he's Swedish, so it's a Swedish film, um, but they're already now talking about making an American adaptation with it, in it, uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio. But Interesting. Take, I think what kind of just makes me kind of feel weird about it is, like, Mads Mikkelsen is, like, a leading man. Like, he could, I would have no problem if they just brought him over to do the American. Like, he speaks English. Like, I feel like that. That's it. when I saw that I was just like, "Why not just have him do it again?" But maybe he wouldn't want to do it again. But I just saw that I was like, "Oh, okay, we're just immediately going to make a, an American remake with this other notable actor." Yeah, but uh, I wonder if also that same thing as Leo being like, "Well, we had that friend group back in the day of like him, Tobey Maguire. Like, maybe we could just this is how we live. We'll just do that." Yeah, you never know. No, you don't. Although I feel like I tried to do the exact same premise of this movie in college a couple times just mm-hmm. by drinking. But yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, I don't know. All right, I don't know. Um, anyway, couple best supporting actor. I pronounce his name wrong on every podcast. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh no, I think you got it. I think that was spot on right there. I'm working on it uh, for *Judas and the Black Messiah*. Another great movie. It was an HBO Max, um, as I mentioned before. Great movie. We watched it for the show. Yeah. It was incredible. I think there's just. This year, there's a lot of good things. I think access to the movies has opened up significantly. Mm-hmm. And that's where there's like a big positive there. I granted, the Pinocchio movie all blew by us because, you know, <laughs> who's looking for that? Um, animated feature, if we're jumping around a little bit. Yeah. Pixar had two in there, which is always interesting. What was the their second? Was it a... Uh... Onward. Onward. Yeah, I mean... That it, movie I... did not deserve to be up there. No, of course not. I... I... Seeing it on there was probably, they were like, what do we else? Uh, Nickelodeon didn't put any Disney movies or put any feature films out. Um, but yeah, Soul was good. I I liked it. Though people said Wolf Walkers was a really good uh, front runner. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, and Sean the Sheep movie. Oh, man. Right? Because who doesn't love a solid... Is that a, That's a Wallace and Gromit type. Correct. But was it Claymation? Um, I do not know. I was going to say it might be... I think they did it Ooh, I know it looks like it is claymation, but they easily it, the thing with the claymation now is it could easily just be CGI to look like claymation. 
that's the thing because like to me right claymation usually takes so much time and yes. effort and production that i feel like that should just win based on that alone yeah because i'm looking at some stills from it right now and i'm like that could easily just be a shader that they they're using on their on their their pc because yeah logistically the time you put into claymation is a lot also it came out in 2019 what and then it was sold to Netflix, and it came out last February. Oh, that's BS. That's BS. Well, this is like pre-pandemic movie. Boo. Oh, right. Yeah, this this is like okay. So, Tenant. That speaking of pre-pandemic type things, mm-hmm. Tenant won uh, one or two for best visual effects. Just best visual effects. Yes. So it's the best movie. Tenant's one of the greatest movies ever made. Ever. Have you Have you seen it? Tenant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. You still haven't watched it? No. Oh my god, I thought you had already watched it. You know, I've watched it like three times. No, I, I never watched it. because I don't oh want to buy it. You got it. Oh, actually, I think it's coming to Netflix, I want to say, in like two or three weeks, actually. So don't buy it. Perfect. I won't even touch that dial. And I'll just wait for it to show up on Netflix. Oh, I thought you'd want... Oh, I'm gl- I was just about to go into a brief uh, tenant tangent um, with some tenant trivia. Um, but now I'm glad I didn't. But yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, what is this? On Saturday. Saturday is when Tenet comes to Netflix? HBO Max. Oh, even better. There you go. It's yes. perfect. Because, yeah. you know, they have the blockbusters before the theaters have the blockbusters. Because mm-hmm. it's a whole box office. Of course. And FX has the movies. The movies. Yes. <laughs> also, oh, real side quick. Also nominated for Best Visuals was a Love and Monsters which I watched that recently. Uh, it has uh, Dylan O'Brien, uh, Michael Rooker, um, a few other people. It's like a romance, like a rom-com, but like it's in a post. Anyway, with like monsters. It's a really good movie, but I hated all of the monsters in it. They, I, I couldn't watch the movie because how good the monsters looked in it. And they're like bugs, they're slugs, they're creepy things. It was unbearable. But that's uh, seeing that it was nominated. I was very happy because, like, it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I hate this movie. Great, got got a movie you hate with bugs, slugs, and something else. Ugh. like I would, rec- I would highly recommend check out the movie Love of Monsters. Uh, pretty decent action, good comedy. It's, I say romance in quotations because it's not like a super lo- like it's not like Romeo and Juliet, um, yep. which we might even reference briefly in the show. Um, but like, yeah, the monsters in it. I was just like, this is the worst thing i hate i repeatedly kept covering my eyes being like nope mm-mm, nope not doing this okay good to know yeah. good to know but well yeah. that's the oscars yeah i think as many people that listen to our podcast watched the oscars i mean as we know it's less than 10 million mm-hmm. so and that's... we know we and we know we don't have more than 10 million uh fans well, exactly, because mm-hmm. why else would we provide this wonderful ad-free content for more mm-hmm. than 10 million people? That's exactly. the cutoff point, right? For podcasts, mm-hmm. it's 10 million people. Yep, that's when Joe Rogan uh, calls you and says, I'm absorbing you now. Yeah, I don't know if I could handle that one. Mm-hmm. I don't have to work out in this crazy gym. It just and seems weird. smoke as many cigars as he does. Smoke as much weed as he does. <laughs> I don't mind that. I have no quarrel with that. Um. Anyway, so... Drink of the week this week. We're just doing we're doing beers. Yep. Um, last week we did IPAs. This week we're doing beer of choice. Shane, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing a Widowmaker Brewing's almost home IPA. Ooh, do you like it? I do. It's very nice. 
Yes. Widowmaker based locally in Braintree. Yes. And I like the design of the can. Um, I can never remember what. Uh, it's like that giant uh, gas tank that's painted with the different color stripes. Yeah, the uh, giant gas tank. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Locals will get that. Anyone outside of the New England area will be like, what? But do you actually know what I'm talking about when I say that? I, well, I can I visualize it perfectly because it's the South Shore like National Grid tank, right? Thank you. That's the better terminology to use than just yeah that giant big gas tank. Yes, it's like past. It's yeah, it's like over by Quincy. Yes, uh, that's like the can. Like it has a nice little label of uh, that painted on it. Excellent. Yes, yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah. So, what are you having this evening? I'm having a Fast Fuse by mm-hmm. Faces Brewing in Malden. I had oh, the the privilege of having brunch there on Saturday. Yes was delicious had some pizzas and uh i got this this was around i got this beer probably around st patrick's day because it is based on and the 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 beverage the irish car bomb Ooh! so it's very delicious it's quite punchy it's, i think it's about i want to say it's about it's around nine percent i haven't looked at the can yet but it's very delicious uh, very I'm, drinkable i'm rocking a 6.7 okay yeah, yeah, do you think that 6.7 should be like a 6.17 because it's like the area code? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to call them right now and let them know you said that. Please do. Yep. Um, real quick, have you ever done an Irish car bomb? I have. Ooh. And I have, I have my story about this is uh, a couple years ago, I was in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day mm-hmm. for a wedding that was also on a, either the same day or the next day. I think the same day. And we went to the bar. And so I had been like scoping out as much as you can for Chicago because they dye the river green and all the people, all these people come in and like people are hanging off like parking lot balconies and stuff to like watch the parades and stuff. So we get to this bar, we camp out like early, early enough in the day where it's like, we got to start with like beers and like kind of like, work our way up. And uh, I, the guy's walking around with like trays of stuff and he, he stops at our table. And he goes, Hey, do you guys need anything? And I was like, I don't want to be offensive. And in that moment he looked at me and he was like, do you, are you going to say something really stupid? And I was like, do you guys do Irish car bombs here? <laughs> he was like, yes. How many do you want? Like, just like, he's like, that's not, you don't have to worry about that. And I was like, I know, but I'm just checking. It doesn't, see, and I've heard it's not appropriate. Um, I was like, I need six of them though. And he's like, okay, cool. He was back in like, I was literally two minutes. He turned around. There was six Irish car bombs on a tray for us. Ready to you, go. Don't, you don't think it's politically correct to have an Irish car bomb? I've been told it's not politically correct, politically correct to ask for one because like, at the end of the day, what that denotes is something so terrible for the country of Ireland compared to me drinking JMO Baileys and Guinness in a glass. True, and, and you are uh, you're Italian. You're not Irish. Exactly. I I have no leg to stand. I on. can I can ask for them all the time. I can ask for them. I can uh, stand up at a bar and get very angry and just scream Irish car bomb, and people will just bring them to me because they'll go, "We get it." No, his his ancestors they've been through some stuff. Yeah. Interesting. I'm glad. I'm glad that that's how you feel about that. But uh, it, I mean, that was my experience with the Irish car bomb. I also it, had green beer that day, which is very weird. Oh yeah. Anytime I've worked on St. Patrick's Day making the green beer, I'm always just like, I don't actually, because like first off, my hands get horribly stained throughout the entire yeah. day. Well, of course. But just watching people chug a green Bud Light, you're like, I have another. It's like the green isn't doing anything. Like it's hope... so gross. Oh, and one time this lady, this was before. This was two or three years ago, uh, pre-COVID, full bar, and people are drinking, like, oh, can I have a green beer? Yeah, sure, sure. And this lady's like, can my wine be green? And I'm just like, I mean, if you want, like, I really don't recommend it. She goes, oh, like, I'm having Pinot Grigio. Per- give me a couple of drops. I do it. She's drinking it. She's loving it. 
her teeth got stained so green. Anyone drinking beer didn't have a problem, but I, it must have been something with the wine. But yeah, her yeah. teeth. Oh my god! I, like I almost wanted to keep giving her more to be like, let's see how green they can get now. Also, like wine's kind of like a pale, pale yellow as it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like she could have added blue and then done, <laughs> done, the, done the elementary school color wheel to get to green with blue and yellow. But that's just uh, me. the grigio we have is very light. I wouldn't. Uh, it probably wouldn't. It would have looked more blue, and then we would all been like. <laughs> Look at this idiot drinking blue on St. Patrick's Day. Um, blue. All right. Anyway, before we dive into song, but yeah, that's a. Uh, those are the our beers of the week this week. Yep. Um, very excited. Very delicious. Mm-hmm. So we have a trailer of the week. We do. For a, oh, you, oh you go ahead. Oh, okay. If we both said the same time, uh, I was gonna say a remake of a 1961 classic, uh, West Side Story, which I've actually never seen all of West Side Story. Are you talking like stage production or the, or the movie? Neither. I've, I okay. haven't. And if I'm not mistaken, I mentioned it briefly. It's pretty much just Romeo and Juliet, but with gangs, correct? In 1950s New York City, yes. Yes. But the, yeah, exactly. Uh, that being said, this trailer is lovely. It's and, visually delightful. Uh, it shows, once again, that uh, Steven Spielberg, directing it, knows how to tug on your, nostrad- your nostalgia strings. It also, something about the cinematography, it looks both like an old film and a new film. Like, there's just the right level of grain on it that makes me think, yep. like, oh, this was shot in the 50s, yet it's just amazingly lit throughout. This this was just a nice little teaser trailer, because I feel like we still have, a, what's it called, In the Heights coming up soon yep. for a musical. I feel like this is just like a little, like, hey, this is coming up later. Don't worry about it. West Side Story, it's a classic. You're all excited for this. And we say it all the time, I am kind of excited for a West Side Story. I'm excited. Uh, so I, I have seen, I don't think I've seen a stage production of West Side Story unless yep. I was like back in high school. But I've definitely seen the movie. I like, you know, the snapping. Yep. Oh, yeah. Everybody can do the snapping. Yeah, everyone wants to be a jet. Yeah. I know, I know those, you know, references. Of course. Because it's like, a, it's like ingrained in, I don't know. I don't want to say musical theater culture, but it's, it's ingrained in, the in culture. Yeah. It's been it's been replicated a thousand times. I'm sure mm-hmm. in Family Guy and a, a bajillion other places too. No, that quite li- that it is a Family Guy bit. Yeah, I know. That's why. I, like, uh, that's the one that sticks out in my mind immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is coming out late December of 2021. So December about six, six months after In the Heights comes out. Yep. Um, Ansel Egort is Tony. How do you feel about that guy? I like him. You do. I thought he was great in Baby Driver. I watched the uh, the Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. Baby Driver is really like the only thing that I've liked him in. Everything else I've just been like, all right. Hey, how's it going, man? Good to see you. Keep it up. You keep doing whatever you're doing. You're here. You're definitely yeah. here. Um, He's not done a ton. No. He was in the Insurgent movies or Divergent movie series, which those also flopped and they didn't even finish them off. Yep, he did uh, the Billionaire Boys Club, which was like the basically last movie Kevin Spacey was in before everyone realized he was a shitbag. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know. I, yeah. I'm okay with him. Baby Driver was good. Billionaire Boys Club, I did watch. It was all right. It was yep. kind of weird because you knew about Spacey and you were like, Meh, I don't like you anymore. Like, you got some fucked up problems. Um, and he's also a, like a, a singer. Did you know this about? 
Ansel Elgort? No, I didn't know this. I don't know much about Ansel Elgort. Except... He's, I don't think he's a DJ, but I, he might be a musician. I'm not shocked by that. I feel like every actor also is a musician. I feel like there's a like a flow chart slash Venn diagram that's like comedians want to be rock stars. Rock stars want to be actors. Actors want to be musicians. And no one else actually wants to be a comedian. Everyone else is like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to go through that. I'm not going that far. Oh, my God. I want to have a career. I don't want to be struggling. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so Maria is played by Rachel Zegler. Yes, your favorite actress. You're always talking about her. Am I? Constantly. Scuba. I feel like in between the she's never podcast... Been, she's never been in anything. So but exactly. That's why you're always talking she about is. Oh. Um, So she'll be in Shazam! Fury of the Gods as well in 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you're, you're always... See, you know that. You're already talking about her all the time. I don't... Uh, yeah, I've never heard of this person. Thank you, Shane, for attempting to tell the listeners that I, I do know these people. Um, Corey Stoll is in the movie. Oh, yeah. He's just a solid name I can pick out of a, a crowd. My favorite person, Congressman Peter Russo. Oh, what a tragic character arc for Peter Russo. I know. <sighs> Corey Stoll's been actually... Well, he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. No, he was just in Ant-Man. Ant-Man, thank you. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, because he got a good a good filmography. Oh, yeah, he's done. He's been a yeah. He's a great character actor. He was in a uh, Midnight in Paris. He plays a uh, Hemingway. Yeah. Okay. He was in Black Mass. I forgot about that. I forgot about Black Mass. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. I feel like if I'm not mistaken, that was released like pre uh, Amber Heard Johnny Depp breakup. Like before, when we thought Johnny Depp was the bad person, like I feel like that's what like, they were like. I don't know if I should be watching Johnny Depp movies, and now it's years removed, or it's like, oh no, Amber Heard's the crazy person. But yeah, I just remember that movie coming out. And be like, yeah, I'll ch- I'll check it out when I can, and then I never checked it out. I've seen it. I think it's pretty good. All I've I'm seen gonna... is just clips from it of people being like, here are bad Boston accents in the movie Black Mass. And like, it's just ben- Benedict Cumberbatch talking the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're brothers. We got to work together because we're brothers. It's like, oh, my, please just stop. There's quite a bit of that. Yeah. Um, one little last thing I want to say about West Side Story. I'm just so excited for this because it's showing how versatile Spielberg is. I feel like his last few things have been very like dramatic pieces, have been like, true stories whatnot this just is a great way of like oh i went from uh the post and now i'm doing west side story and his next movie that he's going to be working on is blackhawks which is gonna be like a dc property so okay this is just exciting to see like spielberg who is still probably arguably the best director out there you can throw uh, martin scorsese next to him uh and that's it no there's plenty of other good directors who i can't think of at the moment but i'm excited to seeing this to be like okay let's see him kind of step away from his comfort zone and do something uh, bold again. I mean, don't forget, he did Ready Player One like three years ago. Yeah, but I just... I didn't hate the direction of that movie. I just didn't care for the movie. Okay. But so, but like this... I'm probably going to watch this for sure because now that I've admitted that I haven't watched or seen a production of West Side Story, I need to. Um, and this, I feel, will be the best way to watch it. I feel if I were to watch the 1961 one now, I could still enjoy it from like a visual aspect, but I'd probably just be like, 
oh, there's a lot of like 1960s movie errors that don't hold up that I'm just like, I see the sound mic over there. <laughs> there that's a matte painting that that that's a wall that's not going anywhere um but yeah i'm giving a uh, west side story preemptive uh four out of seven uh snaps okay yeah i'm gonna go seven out of ten uh leather letterman jackets Ooh, nice nice all right but we're excited it's gonna be i think it'll be good it's going to be another, like, we're doing a six-month break between musicals, it sounds like. We're going to go from <laughs> June, Within the Heights, and West Side Story. It's just, you know, three, three-word titles with musicals, with yep. very famous directors. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, is, that, is that a remake coming out soon? No, but I'd watch a Bye Bye Birdie remake. I was just saying another three-word uh, musical that I could think of off the top of my head. Do you think we should remake Bye Bye Birdie? Oh yeah, absolutely! I love Dick Van Dyke. I would, if I could do anything in my career, it'd be do a, a remake or reboot of something Dick Van Dyke did. Interesting. Good to know. Yeah, Mamma Mia. That's another three. Actually, Mamma Mia the, has a two movie arc already. No, I was gonna say that's a three word, but Mama is one word. And but I was thinking like Ma Ma Mia. I'm trying to now yeah, make a three gonna, word uh, musicals. You're gonna mess up the ABBA. A little, if you exclude the of little shop of horror, I don't know if you want to count of as a word. Of is a word. I know, but I mean, like when when things do abbreviations, like the uh, like ofs or these are usually like excluded. You know what I mean? Like you'd yeah. be like, you'd be like L S H, and you'd be like little shop of horror, my favorite. Yeah. Two, right. <laughs> well, so we'll, we're gonna produce the remake of Bye Bye Birdie. We're calling mm-hmm. it perfect, and then Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Sure. Awesome. Oh, that's, a, that's a four-letter one or a four-word one, though. There's, I think, there's a hyphen in "bang bang." No, there's not because there'd also be one in "chitty." Then, so no, you're right. It's four, but it's two words, two times, three. Dick Van Dyke, three. He has a three name name. Done. We've got it. Um, so this week we watched Mortal Kombat. Came out on Friday. Yes, the movie on HBO, not Mortal Kombat. You know, us all fighting for the future of the world or a new game. Or a new game. Yes. Um, and we both, we messaged to, to remind ourselves to watch it and, you know, kind of reach back to a trailer of the week a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? Okay. So, a uh, quick synopsis for people that didn't watch it. And also, we're going to be going into some spoilers. So, heads up. Uh, this movie follows uh, Cole Young, a completely new character to the Mortal Kombat series made just for this movie, who's a bit of a down-and-out MMA fighter who one day is met by a guy named Jax who says, you're a warrior, you're here to defend Earthrealm, and you have to been chosen to fight for Mortal Kombat. That's pretty much the, the breakdown. A little quick funny thing is that Mortal Kombat actually doesn't happen in the movie Mortal Kombat. Uh, the event doesn't take place, which I think is kind of like a little like, yeah. haha. Um, for a Mortal Kombat movie, this is what I expected. But I definitely had some issues with this movie. Uh, one of the big things was just the editing. This movie's uh, an hour 50 with credits. They, especially, they knew it was going to be going on HBO Max for a while now. I really wish they had had, given it like an extra 10 or 15 minutes, because this just kind of goes from scene to scene to scene. One in particular that I actually rewatched today was 
uh, Sonia Blade, who is in this movie, played by, oh, what's her name? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Jessica McName from Sirens on USA, which that's the entire time I just kept going, hey, you're from Sirens. I remember that show. Such, a great, such a great show. Yeah. Um, but in the scene, she and Cole and Kano, who is fantastic in this movie, he's like the great uh, scene stealer. They're like, oh, like I'll pay you three million bucks. And he walks away and he, uh, Cole goes, you have three million dollars? And she goes, no, no, I don't. I live here. And then he just immediately cuts them on the plane. There wasn't even a beat to rest yep. from that line. And I just went, that ju- made me jump when first watching. I was like, oh, it's just, okay, we're just going. Yeah. You, what did you think about this movie? Uh, I wasn't a fan. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really slow. So you're, you're saying there's good pay, like there's good jump like scene wise. I just thought it was really slow. I for a video game movie, I was like, we're gonna do this for two hours. Why? Um, I would have liked to see Mortal Kombat actually happen. I don't know. Maybe I just want to see the namesake of the movie happen. Um, I thought the fight choreography was amazing. Yes. I thought they did a lot of callbacks to the games, which is good for them. Really dialed in that stuff. Uh, it was super fucking gory, pardon mm-hmm. the swear, but it was like, excuse me, video game level gory. To me being like, this seems like they might be overdoing it a little bit. See, I actually, back to the, like quickly back to the choreography, thought that was great, but then it came down to another editing thing where I felt like there are so many cuts, yet all most of these actors, I would say, know martial arts and are doing a great job that they should have they just held a little bit longer on some of the fights. I thought it would have felt great. The yep. gore I actually thought was pretty, I would say, tame. Um, Do we watch the same movie? No, well, I was going to say, for Mortal, Com- Mortal Kombat, if you play the game, like the yep. fatality, they're brutal. For Compared to the games, I thought this was quite tame. Definitely still a lot of gory, like pretty disgusting doesn't sound right almost because i was never like oh my god i can't look at this i think that that's because i knew it was a mortal Kombat thing yeah but i felt like the gore wasn't overplayed like it wasn't just like someone getting punched through the chest right away it was built up like you, you know what i mean it was yeah. never just i never felt it was just like everyone getting their heads ripped off right away it was like no the person's getting torn apart but that's how they're finished that's their fatality Ugh. Um, but I, I, the gore didn't bother me, but yeah, I just, and this movie had a lot of things I could nitpick. Uh, like the movie opens with uh, scorpion sub zero in like feudal Japan. I thought that scene was great. Yeah. Um, and it even had like a pretty funny like joke that I thought was, which was like sub zero is like tells scorpion. He goes, I've killed your family. Like I've come here to kill you. And then scorpion goes, I don't know what you just said but I'm going to kill you because he speaks Japanese. The other guy's speaking Chinese. Yep. It's like, ah, that's pretty funny. But then at the end of the movie, Scorpion only says one thing in English, and that's get over here, his classic line from the games. Great, we want to hear it. But then he speaks Japanese the rest of the time. And then Cole, who we have had no scene to know that he knows Japanese, is spoken to in Japanese. And it's like, mm-hmm, got it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, like, that was just, during that whole scene, I go, why did he say that part in English? Why is he not speaking English now? Cole doesn't know. Cole doesn't know he's saying, I got this now. He's probably just like, what? You're... I wanted him to say back to him, like, I don't know what you're saying. I think that would have been nice. But at the yep. same time, like, I, it's one of those things. They want, you want to appeal to the audience yep. with the come over here line. But yeah, it's get over here. Get over here. Sorry. I like 
the movie this movie did nothing for me mm-hmm. what do you think of level. Kano what about Kano I thought it was funny I thought it was good like comic relief I'd say he's probably like the best part of this movie just from his opening scene to the very end I thought he does a great job like I was the, more interested in his character than Cole I mean so I liked Cole in the beginning mm-hmm when Cole, like, there's, he's hired to fight whatever in this, like, back room MMA thing. And so I actually, like, he was going to win that fight in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. look, it looks like he is. Like, all things considered, thought it was fine. Then all of a sudden he loses. And I was like, are you this is how we're going to set up this character right now? Like, the guy tells him he's going to lose anyway, and then he loses? Like, I don't know. For 200 bucks, man. I don't know. And then... <laughs> So I was like with it in that moment. I was like, all right, like tragic athletic backstory. And I just, I couldn't get into it towards the middle and end. Like as they're trying to figure out what his like power is. His arcana. Yeah. See like another like MacGuffin. Um, and like Kano gets his with the laser eye. I was like, okay, that's pretty chill. Like it just, I felt like it took so many like little steps. And maybe that's what you're talking about with the scene cuts, but there's just so many little steps to get to a point where like, we get to something that's not going to happen. Because I was at, I paused it at like an hour and 10 minutes in, and I was like, okay, so we still have enough time for like the tournament to happen, but like not really seeing who they're going to, who else they're going to fight in the tournament or anything else. And then it never happens. Yeah. I think this movie, they spent a lot of time setting up the lore for the world and the games. I've played a few of the games. I know bits and pieces. Like the Arcana stuff, I actually was like, is that part of the lore? I couldn't remember. Yep. And it also then kind of bothered me because I'm like, Wait, so Jax's always his Arcana was going to be getting robot arms even before he lost his. Like, would he have gotten robot arms without losing his arms? Like, that's what quickly made me think that. Because up until yep. that point, I feel like everyone else's like ability is just like somewhat random. <laughs> but and also, I loved uh, Jax's like baby robot arms when he's like <laughs> fighting at one point. I'm just like, dude. Like, I get it. Like, there's the fighting spirit, but it's like you know those aren't doing anything. Why are you even like, let me, I got these giant out world people. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Like we said, the, the action and the fights were great. I thought the choreography was really well, but it's just, this movie has a lot of things you can like pick at and just like, huh? Like when the yeah. bad guys get together, they're like, we have to stop the uh, champions of earth. And then cabal, who's the uh, dude with the mask, who's also kind of a nice little fun, but he's like, was there an Australian guy named Kano there? It's like, whoa, why, why are you just randomly throwing that out? That's like if we, like if I was across the country just having lunch and I just go, hey, was Scuba there? People would be like, <laughs> what? Who? Like, why are you just throwing out a random person who might have, like, and then the guy's like, Kano? And he goes, yeah, I can make this work. And then Kano's, of course, stupid being told, man, if you do this for us, you can have all the money you want. It's like, they just said the world will be like, taken over and destroyed like you there'll be no need for money kano you're stupid it is like a terrible negotiating standpoint like the the outcome will be that they enslave the world and this guy's like you just have all the money and he's like oh good yeah take your price double mm-hmm. it and then double it again which still doesn't get me that far in my mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but yeah the a lot of Easter eggs and nice little nods to the games if you are a fan. If you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, you're going to enjoy this movie because it'll hit tons of nice little notes that you're looking for. It teases at the very end 
that Johnny Cage, who's a very notable character in the mo- in the games, is going to be coming into the sequel, which I highly expect them to be to do a sequel. Yep. Because we did not actually get Mortal Kombat in this, and they did enough back like foundation to be like, okay, we know the lore, we know the people, we know what we're leading up to. Cool. The next movie can now just be find a couple more champions, have Mortal Kombat. I mean, well, the other thing too is like, all right, so well, this time, well, their plan originally was the the outer world, outworld, the outworld. Their plan was to take out all the other champions, so there was no possibility that the prophecy of the Earth Realm winning could happen. Correct. So, do you think they were just confident enough that they could beat the other realms anyway? They say something about that, and I think I'm just missing it right now in the moment. But like, how often does Mortal Kombat take place? Um, I want to say it's like every couple hundred years, years, something like that. Oh, um, what? Excuse me. Maybe. It's maybe like every hundred years or like every couple hundred years. It's not like, it's not the Olympics. Because if it were, then this would have happened many times. Because also you have to think, they say uh, Hanzo, who's Scorpion, like his bloodline is kept along. And like, that's why Cole is a, a champion because he's a descendant of uh, Scorpion. Which I actually did like enjoy that kind of plot line. Um, not something for, it's not from the games. Uh, I don't believe Scorpion has a secret child. His big thing is like, yes, that his family was wiped out. Um, but yeah, I think they're like every hundred years, but he, yeah, just, and also I kind of just love the whole, like they're cheating by killing the champions ahead of time. That's like stated. And then the entire time Raiden, who's the, the lightning God, who I didn't really like his interpretation in this. I feel in the games, like he's a little bit more not jovial, but like far more positive. Right from the get-go, he's like, you're weak, you're not a champion, and you're a fat Australian bastard. Yep. It's like, dude, like, but these are all you got. Like, Raiden should be like, okay, like, we're going to do everything we can to help. He actually doesn't help train anyone at all. Like, that bothered me. Um, Didn't really do much, you're right. Yeah, but like the entire time, he's like, like, oh, these guys are cheating by killing you ahead. And then at the very end, he like kind of breaks the rule and sends uh, uh, Shang Sun, the bad guy, away. It's like, Dude, like, you could have done so much. Like, you did nothing to help. Like, you really, like, Jax almost died because you were like, I can't get involved. But now that I'm angry, I'll get involved. Exactly. Bad Raiden. I did not like Raiden. Great. Yeah. I, like, what, what do you give this movie? I think is my question. Um, I think I give it, like... A four out of five. No, sorry. A four point five out of eight. Uh, getting your hands wrapped before a fight, because I liked a lot of the. Th- I liked the fights. I liked this building on a Mortal Kombat series. Yep. A fair amount of the portrayals in this I did enjoy. Like I said, Kano, I thought was great. Um, Jesse Mc- uh, McName as Sonya Blade, I thought was really good. Um, that's honestly kind of it. Uh, I think is I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Ludi Lin played Lu uh, Kang, who's like the monk. He was I enjoy. He's pretty like spot on to what, what I feel the character is. But this is I'm just like the editing was just a big problem for me. Like I just kept being like, oh okay, we're on the next scene. Oh okay, this fight is really choppy. Okay, so yeah, okay. four out of four point five out of eight hands getting wrapped before a fight. Got it. You. Oh. Uh, I'm going to give it like two out of five buckets of water. 
Because I don't think this movie carries any water whatsoever. I think oh, I'm... man. That was a good one. I know. Thank you. I'm very punny tonight. Um, yep. I just don't think it's great. Mm-hmm. No, I can understand that. I try to buy into these mo- like these movies. and I, Like, one, I'm not a huge martial arts movie guy, especially when it comes to, like, the fantastical stuff. Uh, so you're going to hate uh, Shang-Chi? You're going to hate it then? No. I'm not going to hate it. I'm just saying I'm not huge on them. But the problem is, I'm a sucker for like Marvel movies, so I'll like call it. I'm, I'll say I'm excited the next eight episodes we have, and end up exploding about it after we watch it. I just couldn't get into this movie. I couldn't get into. I think I I expected a, a, more of a tournament style movie, mm-hmm. and what we got was like the the path like walking from the car to the front door of the rented high school for the tournament, and that's fine. Like I think it set it up. It isn't probably. It's going to be a series. It's going to be a multi step thing. If Mortal Kombat, like you're saying, only happens once every hundred years, like you still gotta like build all these characters that you have now. You can't go from like tournament to tournament like they're an AAU team. Well, the games how it usually works is like there'll be the Mortal Kombat, like the whole actual event, but then the rest is just like villains messing up. The last one was like a time travel game, which actually I thought was very good and I enjoyed the story and yeah. the gameplay. Uh, but yeah, like they're not always actual the Mortal Kombat. It's more just like the first one the Mortal Kombat and then the next three will be stuff happening in between the two Mortal Kombats. Yeah. But hey, that was the new Mortal Kombat. The newest Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So um, last, last up this week we have the final episode of Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Yes, one world, one people. One world, one people. Oh, are we part of them now? Is that what happens? Well, I mean, kind of in a way at the very end, um, spoilers for episode six, Sam is one of them because he is still uh, kind of fighting for their message. He's on their side. He wants what? Not the such anarchists like we'll kill all these people to get what we want, but more so it's like, no, they are on the right. Um but what did you think of this episode, this final episode to Cap? Uh, so, ooh, well, I almost kind of said it, but the Falcon ooh. and the Winter Soldier. So I thought the pen, the penultimate, as we said, the penultimate episode last uh, week before last really opened up a lot of different openings. Mm-hmm. And ha- there was some good closure there, but not a lot. And this takes like six shoelaces and ties, tries to tie like 12 pairs of shoes. Mm hmm. There's a lot going on throughout the entire episode. It moves very quick. Picks up right at the very uh, fishtail right from the back end of the last episode. Yep. Immediately. Mm. It, there's like all these quick cuts. It's much, much like you were saying with Mortal Kombat. There's a lot of just jumps to different things. One thing I'm going to shout out right now is that there's just absolutely abysmal communication between Sam, Bucky, and Peggy. Or not That's Peggy. A- Sharon. Sharon, thank you. Such interesting American names. Because um, it's like, okay, I'm going to fly over there. You're going to do that. But they never, they don't communicate throughout these entire sequences. They're kind of just like, all right, Sam's flying. Yeah, they do a lot of quick check-ins. It's not constant communication. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. Um, one thing, I know I'm now, I started super high level. I'm diving deep. Yep. Uh, one thing was like, I saw online, someone's like, Sharon just casually commits a war crime and walks away. And she kills the the massive brute with like an acid grenade, and everyone's like, "Oh, mercury gas, mercury." Thank you. It's like someone's yeah. like casual war crime. It's the usual. Well, when she did that, that definitely made me go, "Okay, she's spoiler, she's power broker." Which yeah. we learn at the at the end of this episode, which I really didn't like. 
I I feel they <laughs> overall in this entire series they kind of fumbled the whole power broker. They built up power broker a lot. Looking back, there's only one like tiny clue that really gives it away now, which was when they're walking through Madripoor, we see a graffiti that's like, uh, the power broker is watching you. Yeah. And then next thing we see is Sharon kind of watching the guys and then watching over them and takes out that lieutenant who's about to talk or kill them. So it's like, okay, that's pretty like now on the nose. But it was, like her being power broker, I thought it was pretty weak. Like it was just like, okay. And then her end credit, mid credit scene that I was just like, blah. Like, oh, she's back. She's reinstated. Now she can take government secrets. Yep. I'm excited to see now how she'll be a foil in either future movies or shows. I'm thinking maybe like Armor Wars she could show up in, possibly Secret Invasion, something like that. Like, I'm excited to now see that. But the whole part of it in this show, her being power broker and coming back, I was just like, ugh, they, I, I really didn't enjoy it. How did you feel about her killing Carly Morgenthau? Well, something that I thought was a little... So, we see in this, Sam gets his new suit, which I really like. If I was going to make one tiny tweak, I felt like the shoulders were too big. I feel that they could just, like, bring them in, like, a little bit. It would look a little bit more natural. It just looked looked like, to me, he was wearing shoulder pads. Like, all the tailors, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, really like the suit. It from uh, Wakanda. The wings are vibranium. Really cool stuff like that. But the thing that I thought was funny in the final is, like, she's... Carly's got a gun pointed at him. And Sam's like, I'm not going to fight you. Like, I'm not going to do this. I kept being like, the clothes are from Wakanda. Like, they're probably, they probably got vibranium in the, like, it seems weird that they wouldn't make his clothing also vibranium. Yeah. Like, that was like the one thing. But then uh, Sharon kills Carly. I was, once she admitted who she was, and like, we now know she's power broker and Carly's acknowledging it. I was like, well, now Carly can't be here because she, like, Sharon has to, it has to be a secret still that she's power broker. She knows, so, right? Like, you gotta get rid of the witnesses. Exactly. So, and she killed uh, Batrock, which actually I was kind of also disappointed about. Like, I would have liked for Batrock to be a continual, just, like, pop in here and there as just a thug to, like, yep. get a power scale idea. To be like, oh, okay, they can fight Batrock. Oh, yada, yada. But yeah, I expected Carly to die. It uh, wasn't too shocking. Um, I didn't expect her to die like that. I think not like the bigger that, shock no. for me was, like, but then again, I guess... At the same time, when Sharon's the power broker, like, it's the one who brought you, like, I brought you into this world. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that this scene following that where Sam kind of flies her back to where the police are, and it's like a very angel- angelic scene. Yep. Is some great imagery. Yep. And then his speech to the the GRC uh, senators, uh, representatives. Yep. I thought that was great. This, they did a really good job, I feel, of walking the line of making a a statement but not like being right in your face about it or trying to push an agenda true i think that's what i really enjoyed about this they could have very like had it hand over fist just like you guys are bad like sam even does a good job of being like yeah i don't have like all the answers but i know that you guys can do far better than what you're doing um yeah uh the action i thought was great it was nice to see uh Sam as Cap, him take up the mantle. He addresses himself as Cap multiple times. Like, there's no like him hesitating. I yep. love the scene at the beginning where he's like, "I'm Captain America." The guy's like, "I thought he was on the moon." Like, <laughs> I'm enjoying that's kind of like a running thing for everybody within the world. Um, and at the end, that guy is also like, "Hey, Cap, there's a guy in the water. Can you go get him?" The helicopter chase, I thought, went a little long, and also it being a at night, bit. 
was also not the best because I actually had trouble, like, I feel following it because it was like, he, like, yes, Sam's in white, but like, he's not super bright against the city skylight. I was just, they, they could have cut that, I feel, by like a minute or 30 seconds because they like cut away from it two or three times to like show Bucky doing something, to show Sharon doing something, going back. I kept being like, we could have used this to flesh out other scenes. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Like, um, that scene, I, I feel like this might honestly be like my, kind of like my the best part of this episode is everything sam's doing the rest i have issues with like bucky does his apology to uh his old uh friend whose son he killed that was like 45 seconds everything all of those things move very quickly and even sam going and talking to isaiah bradley was a very quick like a very quick scene that was quick but i thought that was at least better paced than Bucky's literally he said I think four things he was like I gotta talk to you about your your son I killed him I didn't have a choice I'm yeah sorry. like that's all he did that was so I would that they could have used made that a minute the two minute long scene of like the guy saying something back to him like whatnot but it was great to have that to see Bucky at the end he's uh gave the book to his therapist he seems at in a good place in his life though part of me was like can't, I don't think he can give up on therapy because at one point he gets arrested for missing therapy. Like, I mean, I think at a certain point, you know, with your your best friend being Captain America, I say best friend, only friend being Captain America. <laughs> I know, but like, I just when that happened, I was like, huh, like literally a whole episode plot point was that he couldn't skip. <laughs> there was, but it was nice at the very end of the episode we see Bucky and Sam down in Louisiana ha- relaxing. Bucky's not wearing the gloves anymore, covering up his his robot arm. That was uh, nice. That's like him being like, no, this is who I am. I'm not going to hide this anymore. Yep. I loved that. And then the very end showing the ca- uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That was great. Uh, what do you think of Walker in this episode? So I thought he had a really bizarre like character retribution arc mm-hmm. where you see the, the, the mid-credit scene of last episode before this one was him rebuilding a shield like in his shed, like a Tony Stark deranged person. And then he pops up in New York to like fight Carly. Don't know how, by the way. Like, yeah, he just gets there somehow. Yeah, because I don't know where they said he grew up when in the, the second episode where we meet him and like he's at his high school, whatnot. I kind of honestly just assumed it was like the DC area. I don't know why, but I was like, he must be just in the DC area at some But point. they're not like, in DC, they're in New York during the final fight. But he was in D.C. for the, the thing where they take away all his medals and everything. But then he went to Lamar's family, which, but yeah, that was just like when he just I see up, we're, we're both just bound, like we're both kind of the bounce back and Yeah, forth. like when he just showed up, I was like, oh, he's just here. Okay, cool. Well, did you, do you think he got on like the, uh, the Amtrak Northeast Regional wearing the costume? And he, he stood. He didn't sit down on the train out. He he's just like, stood the entire time with the fucking shield. He's like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, yeah, but please continue. How, what did you think of him this episode? I thought he shows up, right, and he gets put in that situation of, like, well, are you going to save these people, or are you going to, you know, like, run after Carly to take her out because, you know, she killed your best friend. And he does, like, the character does the right thing of, like, he he helps the armored car full of people, mm-hmm. and he helps Sam and Bucky. I just thought it was really, they start running, like, Sam, or Bucky and um, Walker start running around together to, like, go do things. Yep. And then, you know, they catch, like, the flag smashes with the, the ambush. And then he quotes Lincoln. Yep. And then him and Bucky are doing, like, one-liner bits to each mm-hmm. other. 
I was like, that's really weird for the guy who you literally last episode just shattered his arm before he tried to kill you with a shield. Yeah, that's something that kind of threw me off. I Like you said, I was happy that he chose to save the civilians over um, stopping Carly. Because U.S. Agent is somewhat of an antagonist in the comics, but like he still is a good person who wants to do the right thing. It yeah. was nice to see him like have to make that choice. Like, what do I want to do? Um, so that was nice. I like the scene when they're running, they're chasing after all the fl- flag smashers and like they split up, but he just goes on his own and it's Bucky be like, I-, I got him, I'll follow him. But yeah, it was kind of weird to see them be friendly. I did enjoy that the little back and forth though where he's like, Lincoln, he goes, yeah, he's a great man. It's like, great man, great quote. It's like, not when you <laughs> say it. Like, that was good. Um, but yeah, it was weird to see them be so like, almost like it's under the water, under the bridge. I yep. felt like there maybe should have been a little bit more hostility, like, or at least at the end, like while working together, it's like, let's all like work past this. We have a goal, but like Sam, like gives him a nod and like does that. But I would have kind of enjoyed like a quick little, like one, two, like, Hey, like I didn't forget you guys broke my arm or whatnot, but they leave him in a good spot where they can move forward. He's now us agent in his black suit, yep. which looks really good. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus was back again. Which they definitely shot that in just one day because she's only she's only seen in that building in that one room from this uh, the briefing and then in the hallway. Yeah, so she must have just been like we got her for twelve hours because we can't have her come back for a second day or then it'll get uh, leaked. So supposedly they had to sneak her in just to get it done. Yeah, I read uh, they had her like wear a giant coat and cover her up so was, like no one would see Julie Louis Dreyfus on set. Um, and then she also knew uh, which happened before that, but that Zemo. Uh, blew up the rest of the flag smashers with his butler. Yep. Which I've seen some like backlash from that from like people uh, online being like, oh, like that feels like so unearned. It's like, no, I I thought that was like good. I enjoyed Zemo getting his last laugh. And at the very beginning of the series, we saw him reading Machiavelli. He's still reading it. I felt like that was like, no, like that makes sense. Like, yeah, he still is like, no, there's not, I'm not going to let any more super soldiers run around. I'm going to make sure they're going to be taken care of. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was just this really wasn't my favorite episode. I had a like I said, Sam was like the best part of it, and then like a little bits here and there, but this is this might be my least favorite episode. It's up there for me as a as a solid episode, but it's not it's not really my favorite. I think there were a lot of like great things that came out of it. Mm-hmm. But other episodes, I think, just had more in it for me. This tied up a lot of things, but I think it, it was very sloppily knotted for a lot yep. of them. Mm-hmm. And they've already now said there will be a Captain America 4. Which is going to be sick, because we did have the title card change at the end of the episode. Yeah. And I was expecting either a second season or a Captain America movie. There was no way that they weren't going to have everyone come back to do... They, just to be even... Like, I wouldn't expect just to have Anthony Mackie again as Cap in, like, an Avengers movie. Like, no. They were going to either do another Cap movie or another season, which I would have been happy with either. Yeah. Um, but this kind of made me, this end, kind of made me feel a little bit more skeptical about, skeptical? 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 Skeptical. This made me feel weird <laughs> about uh, future Disney Marvel shows. Because I felt like a similar problem that WandaVision had was... I think I enjoyed that final more than this final, though they're two very different shows. Okay. But both finals I felt were like, okay, now we, we have just so much stuff we have to wrap up now. Because we spent so much, so many episodes like building backstory 
getting people to talk. And now we have to quickly put it together in an hour. So I'm hoping they can fix that moving forward with these series where the finals can be a little bit more paced out and thought through because I don't want to keep seeing the final episode kind of drop the ball where it's like, Oh, I liked the care. Like I liked the main characters bits, but all the side stuff like WandaVision, uh, Monica like gets her powers and she's kind of thrown off. And yeah, she got a mid credit scene. Um, Jimmy Woo and all like all the stuff they set up on the side is quickly just like kind of forgot about. Um, and I was very shocked in this episode, only one end credit scene. Yeah, I thought there was something else, and I also agree with you in that development. That, but I don't think Bucky got enough development. No, like kind of throughout this, like he had some, he had some great scenes. Like we had the scene where he and Wakanda, and like him working through all this. But at the end of the day, this was definitely uh, Anthony Mackie, Sam Wilson's story to make him Captain. Like this is his journey to become Captain America. But yeah, like Bucky felt a little bit sidelined, especially even like in this episode. Like, um, I. I just hope we down the road more of these shows, movies with these characters, we can get a little bit more time dedicated to them. Cause it just felt like it feels like they have all the beats they want, but they didn't have the middle parts set ahead of time. And like, exactly. then they're like, like, okay, in the first episode beat, uh, Sam gives up the shield and Walker becomes uh, Captain America. Cool. What happens in between? Uh, Bucky goes on a date. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll work with that later on. And then, yeah, we don't have we don't have another. We just see her through the window. That's it. Again, it's like oh, I would have liked if Bucky talked to her again. It was like, hey, and what do you say at that point? Hi. I... Well, of course, I didn't know what would. Ha- but if anything, I thought like, like he'll walk up to her wearing a short sleeve shirt, like like, hey, like this is who I am. Like, would you have any interest in dating me? Though at that point, she now knows. Oh, did you, you're the guy that killed his son that he's been super depressed about for years. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, I get it. You were brainwashed. Yeah, I get that, but no, 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 no. Yeah, no, thanks, man. Sorry. Oh, oh, God. Uh, we're closed. We're closed. It's two in the afternoon. We're closed. Maybe next time. Yeah. But uh, what do you want to give the sixth episode, One World, One People? Ooh. Hmm. It's like, it's, I want to give it like an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure what I want to give it. It's like, it, to me, it was an 8 out of 10. Uh, I don't know. If that's the thing. If there's, there's like great things about the episode that I really enjoyed. I think like the fight with Batroc was really amazing because I think it echoed back to like, like Steve's original fight with him mm-hmm. from the second Captain America movie. Yep. I'm a fan of the Armor Wars idea, so I'm going to give it... 8 out of 10 uh, Mercury Vapor Grenades. Because <laughs> I think it's hysterical that I just... I, the, the Sharon Carter like character the entire series has been just like a hysterical enigma to me. Yeah, and I mean, that's fine. There's, there's so many problems with her being Power Broker because re- the biggest problem is just... So she was Power Broker and she brought Sam, Bucky, and Zemo, the super soldier hating person, to the guy that makes the super ser- soldier serum. Yep. And she's also getting attacked by random Madripoor people, and she's having a fight for her life. Like, we actually see her get hit and, like, cut up and almost killed. And it's just like, why? Like, that's only there to throw us off the scent of her being Power Broker, but it just doesn't work within the context of the story. Like, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't work in that regard, too, but also, like, all right, if you're the, the Power Broker, mm-hmm. why are you, like, why are you being... Even, like, why are you getting involved in these, like, little things? Yeah. Also, if you're the power broker, why didn't you give yourself super serum? 
Like, why didn't you be like, oh, you got you're my crazy scientist who can make super soldier serum? Well, give me one. Like, I don't. Yeah, that's, I don't, like, yeah. that's like I think that's just a, like a personal risk, though. I don't care. I don't care. I would have taken it. But I like, mean, in you a could, good like, way. you're not bulletproof. Like, clearly, you learned from Carly. Like, you're not bulletproof if you take it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you give the episode? Um, I give it like a seven out of eleven. Uh, police officers calling Bucky Sergeant Barnes. Okay, because <laughs> that happens at the very beginning, which I enjoyed. It is like a nice little thing, but it's it's both like a respectful thing, but it's also a weird thing that someone's like. Oh, after, right uh, this way, Sergeant Barnes. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I kind of wanted to go like, time out. Why is he being allowed behind? Like, this is kind of like a serious situation. Like, did the police get a call ahead? Of, like, hey, by the way, uh, w- Winter Soldier might be showing up to help out. It's like, I understand like Sam just coming through crashing with the Captain America shield. Like, no one's going to question that. But it's like, yeah, yeah. Why does Sam? Like, because I don't think Sam, not Sam. I don't think Bucky works for the government. Like, he was pardoned and he has to go to therapy. But, like, Sam does work for the government. That's why he's allowed to still be a superhero and doesn't go against the Sokovia Accords. But yep. I was just like, I don't think Bucky worked. I don't think that they would. The fact that they parted him and made him go to therapy, I don't think they'd also be like, but you can work for us. Like, no. You never know. You don't. But I at least thought that was, like, a nice little, like, oh, I, oh right this way, Sergeant Barnes. It's like, and even him, I feel like, gave the guy a look like, okay, yeah, no one's called me Sergeant Barnes in 50-plus years minimum. Because yep. I think the last time I think I can canonically say he was called Sergeant Barnes is a uh, civil war when he killed Howard Stark. Like that's the last thing Howard Stark says. He's like Sergeant Barnes, and then he just robot punches his face until he dies. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very but true. I like the series. I'm happy that Sam's Captain America now. I'm excited for the new movie whenever that comes. Um, years, years from now. Yeah, probably gonna be three or four years minimum. Um, Probably even longer. Um, but, yeah. I. It was just... It was alright. And now we're just waiting until Loki comes out. Yeah. So, Which is going to be the best show. There's not going to be any flaws in that show. No way there's going to be any flaws. No, of course. Why would there be any flaws? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Shane, do you want to tell the people where they can find us? I would love to tell them where they can find us. They can find us in a boatload of places. You can find us on Instagram at Shane and Scuba Steve Show. You can find us online at www.theshaneandscubastevesshow.com where we got some episodes. We got some reviews up there. We got some photos and we got some background photos. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And when you're there, why don't you subscribe? Why don't you give us a like? Why don't you give us five stars? Why don't you write a review? We'd appreciate it. It'd be very nice of you. Give us reviews. Please. It helps with the whole algorithm and then our name pops up elsewhere and people go hey other people like this and then you might well not you because you're the listener but someone who's not you unless you're watching this episode later on because you uh are doubling back as your new listener you'll be like oh who are these guys let's check them out see it all cycles together (laughs) which i get to watch this week i'm so i'll have my first takes on tenant for our episode next week. Ooh, that'd be great. Ah. I know. We can talk Tenant because you're yes. probably like three months ahead of it than I am. Yeah, I've watched it a couple times, so I know all the, the, the things. Do I have to like get a special speaker for it, do you think? Like, should I buy like a surround sound? Mm, I mean, technically, yes, because it does have really bad sound editing. If I were you, even though it's not as gr- I would watch it like on your laptop with your headphones on. Okay. That, if you don't do that, then put subtitles on right away. 
just have them on. And though you already watch with subtitles a lot, don't you? I do. I watch everything with subtitles. See, I don't. So you'll either watch it with the subtitles on, like you normally do on a big TV, or I'd say watch on your laptop with some headphones on because huh. just the sound mixing is the hands down the worst part of the movie. Will do. Yeah. Will do. Well, folks, you'll see us here next week. Until then, bye bye. Later. <laughs>